the hybrid work model, couple days at home, couple days in the office. It gets a ton of attention these days. Seems like everyone has an opinion on what is best, but something that we have noticed that's missing from the conversation, the fact that not all jobs can entertain a hybrid approach. Nurses, they need to be at the bedside. Your car's oil won't change itself, at least not yet. Folks are needed in the manufacturing floor, restaurants, retail outlets. They still provide associates to help us eat good, look sharp in those latest trends. So what tech is helping the in-person worker these days and the customers that visit those spots? It's mobile tech, and that is the focus of this Tech Experience Solutions podcast. Hey folks, James Hilliard here, joined today by Terry Price, Senior Sales Engineer at Zebra Technologies, and we are chatting about the changes that we're seeing for customers and employees that do work in person. And Terry, I already mentioned a few of those industries that are heavily reliant on in-person workers. You got retail, quick serve restaurants, healthcare, manufacturing. There are a lot. So to kick things off, hoping you can give us kind of your best compare contrast. What are you seeing? Biggest changes between the in-person workspace of say 2018 and now that of 2022? Biggest differences, I think, have been um, where people from 2018 were very set in their ways and they understood what the job needed to be done and they just did it. In person, everybody uh, felt comfortable in the environments that they were in. Uh, When somebody called in sick, it was not a big deal. Um, Fast forward to 2020, uh, that had completely changed Uh, for the in-person employee. uh, Technology was introduced or reintroduced. Uh, There was now a special emphasis on um, social distancing, uh, an emphasis on net new technology, whether that's uh, uh, tracking and tracing, uh, where where are people going, how many people are allowed inside of a room. Uh, You can't be next to somebody for more than a given period of time. And, and so leveraging net new technologies that had really been there the whole time, people were just looking at it a little differently now and how to better uh, make use of a workforce that honestly became a little bit, uh, a little bit complacent in, you know, pre COVID now, Post-COVID in 2020, we really are starting to understand more about what uh, what a in-person environment looks like. Right. We'll talk about what kind of the in-person 2022, 23, and beyond is going to be looking like. One more compare contrast. 2018 customers in person and 2022 customers in person biggest differences you've seen? I think biggest customer differences have really been around uh, serviceability uh, of those customers, Um, whether that is someone who has a uh, undergoes a a problem uh, with a customer, with one of our customers, or let's just say in a retail environment, uh, you know, we're all consumers. uh, So we are essentially that customer. And so a customer felt taken care of. They felt that they could get something when they needed it at the moment they needed it in 2018. Fast forward to 2020, I think people really understood, wow, we really do live in a world that is uh, that had been designed around almost instant gratification. And now I can't get what I want to get now. 
And from a serviceability standpoint, customers in our industry, things were shut down. They didn't know how to necessarily operate with the tools that they had in place. And so we were able to bring forward some of our own technology to help reintroduce an in-person environment uh, because of the customer demands that we had. And and those changes have happened. I just am fresh off of working with a bank, going to three different locations, and wasn't able to get serviced for what I needed because now you always have to make an appointment. Some of it has to do with the number of employees they still have in a location. Some of it is lack of employees coming back. There's another big difference, and I did this just recently. I paid for something, believe it or not, Terry, with cash. I hadn't <laughs> used cash in two years. I It was just weird. It was just sitting there in the, I, it was drive-through and it was sitting there in, in the, uh, you know, cup holder. And so I just pulled out a 20 and I held that out. And honestly, she looked at me. Okay. And took the 20 and did the counting of the change. But I, everything had been car again, a major change. And in a lot of what has changed, I think, and this is where, where I'd love to get some of your thoughts and commentary on this kind of mobile first within the current in-person industries. We were seeing this change to mobility. It was happening. We had a few people that might walk around in retail with some devices that could help me check out without having to go to the counter. We were seeing a little more of the kiosky or wireless when we might check in at a, a medical type facility. But now it seems everywhere. What's this mobile first kind of trend really done to change things in your opinion? You know, I, I, I've always understood cash is king, right? And so now cash is actually looked at as an inconvenience. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever fully understand why people don't necessarily like cash. Uh, I just, you know, bought some, bought some things from a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, first thing out of his mouth was, you know, hey, can you, you know, can you just Venmo me the money? I'm like, I, I actually brought, I brought some cash with me. Do you want that? Oh yeah. Okay, sure. I'll take that. Uh, but, you know, understanding more about what, what trends are in a digital world, I think it's the convenience uh, and the instant transfer of those funds from, from a person to person or a person to a company um, and being able to take financial account of what a transaction has occurred is becoming a lot more prevalent. Um, the a cashless society is not unheard of. Uh, I think we're kind of on that trajectory to go in that direction with uh, a lot of the consumer apps that are around, not to mention that we uh, Zebra has we've launched uh, some new payment terminals. And so, you know, it's, it's to allow uh, the quick serve restaurants, it's to allow curbside uh, payments of food, of goods, of whatever somebody is looking to, to purchase from a consumer standpoint. Um, it, it, the trend is there um, and we're starting to see a lot more of that technology leveraged in those type of areas. That trend is there. It does lead to at least top two things for me that I think about and I've experienced. One, I've seen some clunky user interfaces. So not the easiest me. I'm a younger guy, technically, you know, enough. I've been in the industry. And so not, but there's some folks that struggle with it. 
And I'm thinking about my mom's generation, right? right? Those that are, you know, she's 76 and some just confusing. Whereas me, I know exactly what all these little icons are. I, I've been there, done that. She doesn't. So I think that there still is room to grow in terms of ease of use on those user interfaces. Let's talk about that. Let me get your thoughts there. Then I want to talk about durability because that's also changing because now it's not just a terminal front of store, front of restaurant. It could be moving all over the place. And we got a whole bunch of issues on that front. But let's talk about user interface and kind of the growth there what is being done to make sure that this is accessible to everybody across the board yeah no and that that's a great point i think ease of use uh manageability i think those are going to be the two you know the two pieces that are on the forefront of uh, of a consumer's mind and what is it that you know I, if i have a new device how am i how am i going to learn what's the time frame of being on being or having the ability to to learn this new device and i think that's one of the greatest benefits of util, utilizing a uh, a zebra solution is that they're all based on android and android is the most prevalent operating system in the mobile environment worldwide people already understand it if you're on a different platform uh be it ios or legacy windows you can still have that great user experience that everybody's used to everybody's used to you know managing and clicking on icons and being able to open settings and you know change things as uh, as they needed which then from a manageability standpoint some would say you know scratch their head and say well wait a minute there's a lot that my i don't want my users to do is there a way that we can lock these devices down i just i want them to be as productive as possible not on the internet or downloading games. And so we have tools and utilities that, have, that are built into our devices that can allow for that manageability and locking things down to make them essentially a tool that is managed 100% by the employer, but is fully enabled by the end user because of the, uh, the specific applications that the uh, employer wants that end user to have access to. I first came across Zebra in the healthcare environment. That was for my first uh, really uh, eye open to what uh, your range of devices were. And it does seem that those are kind of two different. So far, we've talked retail, uh, and I want to bring up kind of medical as well. And, and when we get to rugged, I think we'll probably talk about warehousing and stuff like that, because that's a whole different environment. But but healthcare also has a, a rugged, I guess, side of it too, because you are moving about, right? If, if there's a device at a nurse's hand, per se, they're going to be moving throughout typically a, a hospital, different floors, different rooms, all that. But within the healthcare space. Um, is that an area that you all learned from and were able to take some of the learnings there and then bring it down into things like retail, the quick service restaurants and things like that, where we're seeing more and more of these devices deployed? So I think it was it's a both and. Um, I think where we have really learned a lot in the healthcare industry had come from a lot of knowledge that we have already built in place from transportation and logistics, warehousing, um, hospitality and retail. And so believe it or not, healthcare workers and clinicians are harder on these devices than truck drivers. They absolutely abuse these devices. And the number one reason is these are life and death type of 
scenarios. They need this device to work when they are relying on it immediately. It's not a retail setting say, oh my gosh, there's something that's not on the shelf. Let me go find something. Or, you know, a, a truck or a delivery may be 10 minutes late. If you're late by minutes, that could potentially be the death of a patient. And so from a healthcare perspective, we've really built in some very unique healthcare grade aspects of our devices. And the one first and foremost is going to be our disinfectant ready uh, properties. The technologies that we have today to help with the, the physical construction of this device to withstand a myriad of different caustic chemicals that the health, the healthcare industry really uh, drives to help with disinfecting and killing uh, unwanted and unneeded bacteria. These devices have to be ready and have the ability to be wiped down because of that. Um, then communication. I think communication is another huge aspect of what's happened in the healthcare vertical where in order for a clinician to communicate with other staff in the hospital, with the physicians, with anesthesiologists, with anybody else, um, they need that communication immediately. And so our devices are voice ready and have voice centric applications that, uh, that can be utilized with them. On that disinfectant front, has that been a huge change for you all in the last two years where now other verticals outside of healthcare are leading that conversation with, oh yeah, and we, I mean, I, I go to almost any website now or you still walk into stores and they have the, the posting saying what they're doing to keep areas clean. Was that a huge drive? Huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it was more of a, uh, it was a known entity. We knew that having these disinfectant ready devices really sparked the interest of retail and hospitality. And so as retailers were starting to understand the, you know, their stores are reopening, maybe they're trying to look at uh, technology refresh opportunities, and they would start looking at a healthcare device, healthcare grade device, because they knew these can be wiped down, which then spurred on our entire business unit to start looking at putting out documentation that would uh, instruct end users on how to disinfect a device that isn't healthcare grade and that we have the ability to wipe things down regardless of uh, what vertical we're in or what type of device it is. Anything from just, you know, just soap and water. Um, a lot of our devices do have a they, they have an ingress protection rating where uh, there is a level of, uh, of waterproofness, if you will. And so they can be wiped down with, uh, you know, just soap and water to help mitigate any bacteria. What about the improvements in drops? I want to share a little story. I remember it was probably about 10 years ago and I was out doing a live event and the representative from an OEM, it was not Zebra, um, it gives me a tablet and says, hey, James, just throw it to me. I'll catch it, but I'm going to pretend to drop it. And then I'm going to boot it up and show everybody. I'm like, okay. So we're there. I wing it to him. And it was, it was a ruggedized, you know, tablet. Um, gets it, goes to turn on and it's not turning on. Now, dude was slick, walked behind the podium, grabbed a drink of water, grabbed the other tablet that hadn't been thrown, <laughs> turned on, say, Hey, everybody, look, it works. Now I go behind the scenes that didn't work. Talk to me about the ruggability these days. I'm sure that's something as more and more of these got there, it's more mobile first. And we have people that might not be thinking as carefully 
of that device. Right. How is it on the drops and the, you know, and I can even think healthcare, right? You might have to, something happens with patient. You might just drop that device because you need to, to address the patient side. Absolutely. Well, for the record, we wouldn't swap out a device because it didn't work. I've actually done similar demonstrations. I've thrown devices. I've uh, thrown them off parking decks, uh, thrown them against walls, and they we pick them up and they scan. They do exactly as they are designed to do. Um, as an engineer, I'd love to take and push our products to the nth degree um, and ensure that, hey, what I'm selling is absolutely what it says on paper is what it does. And I think rugged ability is synonymous with Zebra in the industry. And so when somebody looks at a Zebra solution, they automatically go to the rugged nature. Oh, I don't need something that rugged. Or I, I do need something that rugged. So I'm going to go and I'm going to find a Zebra solution that's going to fit my needs. And so whether it's a mobile computer or a barcode scanner, uh, a printer that is designed to have a level of ruggedness that matches or exceeds industry specifications or customer expectations. Uh, and whether it's a four foot drop to concrete with tablets or a 10 foot drop to concrete with some of our EDA style um, uh, devices, our TC devices, that's just what Zebra is able to deliver. And uh, we're number one in the industry because of it. Yeah, and, and again, that it almost comes up to where I would initially think warehousing, manufacturing floors. I would think that's definitely something that rugged ability is going to be top of mind, probably there in healthcare as well. And then, you know, hospitality, the, the restaurant, maybe not as much. So until that first, you know, example of something dropping, I'm like, oh, wait, no, we do need to protect, you know, these, these items. Well, and it, and it comes down to, you know, maybe a customer had already looked at a consumer type of solution with, with an eye device or, yeah. you know, just a tablet that is, you know, sub $300 because they're looking at it from a budgeting perspective. I always challenge that conversation by saying, Hey, why don't we take a look at the, the total cost of ownership of that device? Not only is it a $300 device, but now you have to employ someone, somebody from IT to service that device, to get it unboxed and ready to go for that user. How many times will you replace that device over the course of its life versus a Zebra solution? And then you, know, you can quickly uh, capture a full return on that investment a whole lot faster by justifying that, hey, I do need a rugged solution. It's because my environment, because these are company owned devices and you know, an, an employee isn't necessarily going to take uh, that much care of that device when it's, when it's not theirs. When it's not theirs, sure, sure. Um, I wanna go back to cash to bring up the next topic here. When I had that 20, handed it over at the drive-through, all I handed over was a piece of paper. But when I go to that point of sale machine held by the uh, waiter in the restaurant, I'm given a credit card. That means data. It means access to me and my online presence, my bank accounts, all sorts of stuff. So we got to talk about security. And um, is there one industry Let's start here. Is there one industry that you go out and talk to the most about some of these devices and security is their go-to first out the gate question? 
or these days, the world we live in is that every industry is security the lead? How do we protect the data in these devices? I think everybody is, you know, cybersecurity is on the forefront of everybody's mind these days. Uh, what does it mean to be secure? I think is really defined by the person who's asking the question, um, really, because how how a customer uh, or a company defines their own level of security may be different from uh, from someone else taking, you know, taking into consideration the financial industry or uh, the retail industry. If there's one particular entity that we go to a lot and uh, and talk about our device security and what it means in specific industries, it's going to be the PCI payment card industry. And so when you hand over your credit card to uh, to a waiter or waitress paying for your meal that is you are opening yourself up to potential vulnerability and so by having uh different ways that uh that that credit card merchants can capture your payment data whether that's doing something payment at the table side where we're seeing a lot more of that i know that that's been happening for years in canada uh, and the U.S. is still a little slow to pick up on that. Europe is way light years ahead of uh, of even that. So having payment at the table is absolutely imperative. Uh, and then being able to secure what, you know, a, a credit card specifically. Going beyond that, I think it's even more prevalent to talk about the idea that data in and of itself needs to be secure. And whether that is your payment uh, with a credit card or user information, employee data information, things on different websites that you may buy from an e-commerce perspective or uh, or just the data, proprietary data that a customer owns, any intellectual property, data included, that is of the utmost importance to companies because if you don't have a level of security, you could get hacked uh, and your your company's done. And so what we end up doing with a lot of our devices is we work very, very closely with software vendors uh, and whether that's uh, different ERP companies or CRMs, there's a level of data security that goes in from an application standpoint, but with, uh, with data security, like say in healthcare, uh, HIPAA compliancy, you cannot have any data, patient data that resides on the device. It's all got to be done transactionally based and it goes to and from the device and only to be consumed and manipulated, never stored. And so that's, you know, that's something that we, you know, we have a big focus on and that's why we work so closely with a lot of our independent software vendors. Let me ask you, and again, if this is across the board, great. If you pull out separate kind of verticals and, and any differences there, it's the idea of as organizations, whether again, quick service restaurant, uh, retail environment, uh, manufacturing, what have you, they learn some lessons and they see what the consumers now want in person. They understand that they have to provide something probably different to attract the workers in the new modern in-person workplace. If someone hasn't gone down this kind of mobile first yet, started bringing in zebra type devices, zebra devices to use in the various ways that we've already described today, what do they have to do? Is it starting with a network upgrade? 
Is it looking at their broadband and the wireless inside the buildings? Is it starting with the devices first? And where are some starting points? And again, if there's any similarity across verticals, cool. If there are a couple of differences you want to point out, point them out. I think the you, you bring up a lot of really, really cool uh, ideas on how a customer would go through if they're if they're starting from the ground up, um, then I think the first most important aspect is that opening up a conversation with somebody from Zebra, somebody that has industry expertise and understanding what could those first steps be. Uh, you mentioned several of them, wireless infrastructure, uh, data security, uh, devices, uh, physical security. What aspect do I need to tackle first and how much is it going to cost me? I think those are the first, those are the first things that customers are thinking of because at the end of the day, it all costs money. And the, I think the biggest challenge is regardless of the cost what would it cost you if you didn't do it, right? If you didn't take that next step in putting in a mobile workforce in your environment, whether that is catering to a remote or a hybrid type of employee or somebody who has to work in an in-person environment, what step do I need to take today? Yes, it is wireless infrastructure. It is ensuring physical security. It's uh, adding... Um, adding technology to help both types of workers thrive in a world today that is so uh, is so consumed with security and understanding more about the health and uh, well-being of their employees, especially in a in a post-COVID environment. Not to mention, you know, the other things that uh, you know that can be put into into play. So. Uh, I think it really does come down to engaging with a rep, regardless of the industry, whether it's a zebra rep or someone else that can help them navigate what 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 is their first step? What steps do they need to take in order to uh, to to meet a goal? Maybe they don't have a goal in mind, but that's where you know someone like, uh, an account manager from Zebra or someone like myself, another sales engineer can help ask those right questions to start spurring their uh, their imagination, um, start getting some additional questions moving and find out a little more what they do. And obviously for a lot of the folks who are listening here, it's their connection account managers and those teams and reaching to our internal resources because we have folks that focus on workplace transformation. That's an area. And again, we talk a lot about it from this hybrid kind of the intellectual uh, worker standpoint, marketing and sales and all the people that can work remotely, but there are a lot of folks that need to be there in person. So there's also folks that are dedicated to focusing and looking at that. And again, folks, yeah, that conversation leads to getting Terry and his team from Zebra involved. And then, you know, now you're off to the races looking at what you can be doing again to attract uh, talent, to retain 
customers and ultimately grow business, right? That's why we're all kind of doing what we do on a Monday through Friday. So, uh, Terry, really appreciate the the conversation here, folks. As always, for this Tech Experience podcast, if you enjoyed what you heard here, uh, there's always more. So we encourage you to like, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. With that, again, stay in touch with your Connection account management team. If you don't have a team, reach out to connection.com. You can get all sorts of contact information. We also have you do a quick search on Zebra. You can find out more about their products, services. Also, our blog, community.connection.com. Lots of stories covering a lot of trends, especially things like hybrid work, back to in-person work, things like that. So check all of that out. With that, we're going to wrap things up. As always, folks, James Hilliard here reminding you to be safe, be well, and we do look forward to talking to you all down the road.